Today on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm speaking again with Meg Ellis, coach with Phoenix 8 Consulting here in Houston. And today we're digging into how to have unconditional confidence or the belief that everything is workable. Just more about trust in yourself. Hi, and thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan. And I have who is actually becoming a regular guest now on this podcast back again, Meg Ellis. Hi. (laughs) I am happy about being a regular guest, so. (laughs) Well, so you probably have already listened to the last two episodes that I did with Meg because they were so amazing. And we had so much interest in them that there was a couple of little things that we wanted to dive into a little bit more. So the first conversation that we had uh, was about resistance, trust, and fear. And you guys remember that Meg is a a life coach uh, with her own company called Phoenix 8 Consulting here in Houston, as well as a fitness professional and all kinds of other things. So we dug into that and you can scroll back on the um, list of podcasts that we have here. And then the following week, we dove into a little bit more about how to get what you want. And then that was very exciting because who doesn't want to know about that? But underneath all of that, we were touching on some subjects to do with trusting yourself. And so we really wanted to talk a little bit more about that because so many people have asked me about that. And can we talk a little bit more about this idea of trusting yourself? So, yes. It's a big, it's a big thing. It's something that there's no, you know, magic, magic wand or light bulb that just goes off. It's, it's definitely something that it's constant work every single day to trust yourself more and more and more. But it's so important. So one of the things that uh, Meg and I were talking about, because we've been talking about this idea quite a bit, there's an author that I love, and I've mentioned her a few times on this podcast. Her name is Pema, P-E-M-A, Chodron. Um, And Pema Chodron is an American Buddhist nun, and she writes a bunch of really cool stuff. And a concept that she wrote about that I really resonated with was the idea of what she called unconditional confidence. And also the idea that everything is workable. And so just bouncing off those quotes, because I love them, and people don't always understand what it means. Um, tell me what your thoughts are around those terms, because it all goes back to this idea of just trusting that whatever happens, because we can't control what happens out there, whatever happens, I got this. I will be okay. How does that work for you? Whew. Um, again, something that... I work through every single day. Do I wake up and say, I'm going to be confident all day today? You know, is nothing going to get me down? Um, am, am I invulnerable to anything that pops into my day that I didn't expect? And the answer is no. And and that's, I would love to just dive into what the word confident actually does mean. Mm-hmm. Because I think it, it does come down to self-assurance. But I, I think there's some connotations about the word confidence that are untrue. I think some are scary. Uh, I mean, if you think of the word confident, what do you first think of is, I think, unattainable. Yeah. And sometimes I think of things like arrogance Mm -hmm. and um, that sort of impermeable armor up kind of nature, which is totally not what we're talking about. Like a different kind of inner peace, right? right? Like Uh that type of confidence. Not like, I got this. I'm, you can't hurt me. No, not at all. Different. No, confidence. I love that you said that because I will, um, that's actually one of the books that I love. Can't hurt me, but, um, yeah, but it's confident is not 
you can't hurt me. Confidence is you can hurt me, but I'm going to be okay. Mm, That's what confidence is. And it does have a negative connotation, I think, especially for women too. We don't want to be perceived as cocky or arrogant, but, and we feel weird, almost, almost guilty saying, no, I'm, I'm a confident woman. It's Mm -hmm. not saying anything about any other women, but why does it feel so weird to say I'm a confident woman? Right. Yeah. It feels even scary just Mm -hmm. thinking about that sometimes. Right. This is what we're suggesting that we want to move towards. So I think a lot of it's just unwinding, unwrapping what that word means. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you when I first read about this concept of unconditional confidence, I I was very aversive to it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, no, that's not where I'm going. I'm talking about like going deep into, you know, self-awareness and feeling all your feelings and all of this much more soft stuff. But what she means when she talks about everything is workable is exactly that. So if you felt uncomfortable hearing what we just said, I did too at first. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I personally don't feel unconditionally confident all the time at all. And and I mention this regularly. I fall apart quite a bit and I have moments where I definitely don't feel like things are workable, but having this deep awareness deep down in my heart that I can get through anything, those moments of falling apart are shorter mm-hmm. and we want to fall apart, right? We talked about this last time, like without right. without falling apart, we can't come back together and then we can never change. And so it's okay to fall apart sometimes. We're not suggesting that you become untouchable. Of course, it's okay to fall apart. I mean, crying, at, we just had my women's circle last week and we were beating a pinata with a baseball bat <laughs> and screaming and these are really healthy things to do. They are because you you build yourself back up stronger. You really do. Right. Really. So, yeah. So f- falling apart is required in order to let things build up again. I love that idea. Like things are constantly falling apart and coming back together and we've got to let them do that. Otherwise, we won't change. So let's look into this confidence word a little bit more. Um, we talked about this idea of it's not armored up. It's not being untouchable or no one's going to hurt me. It's something about this knowledge that whatever happens, I will be okay. I will be okay no matter what. And I think it's ironic or maybe a little taboo to relate the word confidence with peace. Mm. But I do feel very strongly that confidence really is just about peace. And that's it. That when it comes down to it, Peace is the foundation of confidence. I will be okay no matter what. I have peace with the outcome. I have peace that I will grow and, you know, come out stronger. I have peace with myself. And when you have peace with yourself, that's when you can truly be unconditionally confident. Well, that just about nailed it. I think that we could end it right there, but some more. <laughs> Shortest podcast ever. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Yes. And so we can, let's dig into that a little bit more because mm-hmm. I think that's so true. And we're not conditioned that way, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're not, we're so not conditioned this way. And so we're, Meg and I are always talking about unlearning, like right? trying to unteach ourselves oh, yes. these things that, Every that, day. <laughs> that, that have been drummed into our heads. And so, yeah, okay, that's a beautiful idea. If, if the idea that everything's workable is just a sense of peace, like I'm not going to, maybe for a minute, but I'm not going to freak out permanently or mm-hmm. die or become uh, just 
I, I, I'm going to make it, in other words. Like we were talking about some examples. Um, what are some really scary examples like the of things that I've done, like getting divorced? Mm-hmm. And this is something a lot of women share. And I know many of you are probably in this situation now where some part of you knows that you need to leave this relationship in order to become the best version of yourself. But it feels unworkable. What about the kids? What about the money? I can't, I'm not going to be able to get a job. I won't be able to make it work. It feels impossible. Mm -hmm. And I felt that way too. And yet somehow we find ourselves on the other side of this for myself, you know, years ago now. And not only did I survive, but I'm stronger than ever. Uh, So that's an example. And there's so many of these things that we feel are unworkable. So how do we how do we make that shift to, to be able to just believe that we can do it? Well, I think, I think a big piece of it is, is the peace with yourself. Um, as, as you know, I'm also divorced. I've been divorced for about four five years, something like that. And, um, I remember if I were to look back, I'm, I'm very much at peace with it now, but did I feel unconditionally confident during that whole process, even leading up to that very scary conversation that it's kind of the nail in the coffin of, Hey, this is we're getting divorced. You know, no, I spent weeks, months, um, you know, pulled into my driveway completely just stuck, not able to pull in, just crying by myself in, in the car, you know, before I, you know, opened the garage door and wiped my tears off and walked in the door, you know? And that's the thing is people would not view that situation as you're not confident, you know? But in reality, you're going to have those moments where you completely fall apart. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to feel all the feels. And that's something that I really struggle with and have been working on for years now. And I'm still a work in progress in regards to that. But I think along with peace of self, you also have to have peace of time. You know, I don't feel confident right now. I'm I'm literally falling apart and doing everything I can not just scream at the checkout lady at Target, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because I'm this close to losing it. But I know I'm confident that with time, I will be okay. Mm. It is workable. It doesn't feel like it right now, but I trust myself to know that I will be okay. Yeah. I, the, one of the most important pieces of knowledge that I ever got really deep in my soul was the reality that nothing is permanent. And, and that, that is, sounds dark, but it's so not dark because in those hard times, knowing that nothing's permanent, I can recite to myself, I know this will get better. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was going through my divorce and it was all falling apart and I had a psychologist and she was fantastic. And But honestly, I, the only single thing I remember her ever saying to me that was worth the money that I paid her was <laughs> one day she said, you know, Susan, this will get better. Mm-hmm. And I've never forgotten it. And it was such a simple sentence, but the way that she said it just made everything okay. And I remember saying, 
are you sure? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, you couldn't see it at that point. Your vision was so, I, you just can't see it. I couldn't see it at all, but I paid her thousands of dollars for a year of therapy. And, and that is the one sentence that one I got out of it. But it was so worth it to like really understand like this will get better. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter how bad it is. The flip side of that is also equally important. When things are just feeling magically, you know, heavenly, that won't last forever mm-hmm. either. Enjoy them. Right. Mm-hmm. So so suck up every moment and suck the marrow out of those good times because impermanence is such an important part of peace. I think it's the most important part. So totally, yeah, if you're falling apart, just know that it's not always going to be this way. No. And I, I love what you said about this um, trust and having peace in time, that mm-hmm. understanding that it will change. But, you know, who you are will change too, right? Right, right. I think a lot of women struggle with that. It's so hard to, if you can't even see past the day because you're just so wary of a situation they're in, let's just say, let's just stick with divorce. If you're, you're just so, you feel stuck, you know, and most women struggle with that feeling of, I feel stuck. And and you start to justify staying because you're worried about, well, the kids and money and the house and my life is about to change. And that's very scary. Very scary. Trust me. And, and I don't even have kids. So, um, kudos to all the women out there who choose themselves and, and their kids. But, you know, you, have this idea of yourself. You see you in the present and, or which is now the past, but you take that person and you can't see yourself on the other side of a scary situation like divorce because you take who you are because that's what you know. You take who you are now and you project that into the future of a happier scenario and you can't even see it. You have no idea what that even looks like because you're putting something that doesn't belong in that picture in that picture. Mm-hmm. What you need to do and what helped me is put uh, allow yourself the piece of, of time, the piece of healing. Who you are right now is not going to be who you are in that picture in a month, a year, 10 years, whatever it is. So allow yourself that that growth, the piece of growth. I'm going to be different so I can't put myself now into a happier vision because I can't see it yet, but allow yourself to grow. And if you don't, that's where people get stuck because they just can't see it. Oh, that's so true because I can't imagine how this person Mm -hmm. that I am right this second could manage that situation in the future, but that's not going to be required. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be this person in the future. No. I'm going to be a different person who does have the tools and has been given everything that I need to handle whatever has been given me. And that that's what I think Pema Chodron means and what I understand that she means by unconditional confidence. It's not that you're bulletproof. It's that there's mm-hmm. this deep faith that when the time comes, I will have all of the tools that I need to take care of whatever happens, even if I don't have them now, because mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that person's going to be like. When I was 
you know, the person I am now compared to the person who was. Would you ever imagine who no. you are now back when it's just when it's I was crazy. fretting about getting divorced? Yeah. And I mean, no, that person couldn't have handled it. Didn't it didn't exist yet. No, of course not. So that that's such an important point, I think, that, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we how do we get there? I, you know, for me, it's. Part of it's practice, and we've talked about this before, with putting ourselves in safe situations where we practice being scared so that mm-hmm. we can learn to be confident. And it might be, Trust. Mm-hmm. might be through something like an exercise class or it might be through playing a musical instrument or doing something else that's vaguely scary or that might be really scary depending on who you are. But practicing with things that are scary that are safe just so that you can learn that you can actually handle Anything, even you if it doesn't be okay, you'll be okay, and it might not turn out how you thought. Think about um, so we're now in May of 15 months into this pandemic. If someone had told you, or me, or anybody back in January of last year that all the shit that went down in the past 15 months was going to happen, we would have all said that is not workable <laughs> at all. Throw in the towel. How <laughs> like, is this ever going to work? <laughs> like, that is, there's no way we can survive that. There's mm-hmm. not a chance that that's going to work because the people in January didn't have the tools to make it work. Mm-hmm. We, we developed them throughout these past 15 months and look at us now. And we're we still are here. different people, different too. People. We have, right. I mean, I think everybody I've talked to, and I ask your listeners the same thing. How much growth have you seen over the last 15 months, even one of the hardest situations that we've ever been in? I bet you have changed so much and done things that you never thought you would be able to do. We were somewhat forced into that situation. But what if we took that same reflection of, oh, my gosh, I just went through something really hard. I changed so much. Well, now we trust it because we've already been through it. But put yourself on the other side where you're about to do something really hard and you know, well, I'm going to be okay. Because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny. I have teenagers and you know, I, t- I don't think, I don't know how much I'm teaching them is, is rubbing off or not. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the things that comes up with human beings, including especially 16 year olds is this repetitive idea that, oh, so for example, they had this big final exam today, right? And this is always the same. And they all get straight A's, by the way. But in the morning, they're like, I'm going to fail this test. I'm going to fail this test. I'm definitely going to fail this test. And of course, that's never happened. And so I, I try to be um, you know, practical and say, you know, I understand that's scary. I'm trying to use all my good parenting language. I understand that must feel scary. But you know, looking back in the past, do you remember that you've had this conversation with me at least a dozen times mm-hmm. and you've actually never failed the test? Do you think it's possible it could be the same today? And the answer is always, no, today's different. You don't understand. <laughs> but you're different. You're also stronger than you've right. ever been. So. so just saying it, this is not something that is a one and done. You mm-hmm. do it over and over again. Right. We and do. We create these. Well, we're comfortable in our mm-hmm. in our little questions of, I don't think I can do this. You know, we oddly find comfort in reliving the same scenarios, talking ourselves out of hard things. Yeah. And then eventually (laughs) we hope, one hopes, and I'm talking about children. So they're have a little bit more of a past to be less aware than those of us who are grownups, but we all behave like children sometimes. Right. Um, you know, so it's not one and done. You do over and over again. And then eventually you develop some type of confidence in using that example. Like, you know, guess what? I, I am going to walk into this test and it feels scary and I don't feel prepared. But 
chances are, based on my history, that it's going to work out fine. And you know mm-hmm. what? If it doesn't, I'm still going to be okay. Right. I don't think the opposite of being confident is being scared mm-hmm. because you can be confident and scared at the same time. I think the two go hand in hand. Yeah. That's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Right. It is. <laughs> I just thought of that right now. But mm-hmm. I mean, you you can be confident and scared at the same time. You don't have to pick one. So if you're scared, don't go into something saying not thinking you can be confident about it. It's like, no, I'm I'm here because I'm scared. And this is the way I'm going to move past this is if I if I confidently go about it anyway. You know, the right. fear doesn't always go away. Yeah. Oh, and that's so true. And we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you waited, if we if we wait, not you, me too, if we wait until the moment that we don't have any fear and that everything feels perfectly safe to take any action, we will never do anything. Mm-mm. So, so you know, we're kind of putting off our happiness for some future date when, when this is already available that we can have these things now. And then, you know, I was thinking about how this applies to intimate relationships because a lot of the things we're scared of or that we feel are not workable, and we talked about divorce, for example, are in the context of relationships because that's such a primary point of fear for humans. And I talk about women mostly because I understand women better than men. But all these points of fear around relationship, like I won't be okay. Like I'll tell you some common lies we tell ourselves. I'm not going to be okay if I get divorced. I'm not going to be okay if he leaves me. I'm definitely not going to be okay if I'm single or if I don't have children. Or even the furthest extreme, you know, when we get into very difficult codependent situations, I will die without him. You know, it can get mm-hmm. to that point, and some of our listeners might even feel that way. This is real, and you're not alone. And there's nothing wrong with you if you feel that way. But it's just a an, a lack of seeing that you have this innate confidence. It's there. You just haven't trained yourself to see it. Mm-hmm. Ta- you need to tap into your confidence. It's just there. like anything else. Right. Train yourself to be confident. Like just honestly, like anything else, training yourself to trust yourself, um, to do scary things. It's a, confidence is really a, a habit that it's it's you just have to work at it every single day and talk yourself in into things and, and not out of things. Talking yourselves out of things would be, oh, you can't hurt me. I'm not going to try that. Mm-hmm. Having confidence is no, like let's try this, and if, if even if it flops, I'm going to be okay. So let's, here's an example, and this is one that Meg and I were talking about the other day because we're friends and we have different things going on in our own lives that we sometimes don't mind talking about. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that a lot of us have so much fear around is having those difficult conversations with people mm-hmm. that are basically just telling our truth. So when I talk about telling the truth, which is one of my aspirations to do. I'm not talking about telling the capital T truth. I'm not saying that I'm right and you're wrong, not that kind of truth, but just telling my truth about Mm -hmm. this is how I feel. And I'm not going to withhold it from you anymore because it's important for me that you know my truth. And those conversations can feel so scary. Oh, yes. Well, you talked me through um, a scary scenario and I loved what you had told me because you asked what was the worst case scenario 
that could come out of this because we do make a lot of stories up in, in our heads. I know I do very often. <laughs> and do they actually exist? Most of the time, no. But you said, even if it does happen, the worst case scenario that you could imagine, what like, can you get through it? Yeah, would it be workable? Mm-hmm. And it it was. And actually, just to share a little bit more about my um, experiences, you know, I one thing I'm I'm really focusing on is trying to be more openly vulnerable with intimate relationships and and people who I I want to have a deeper relationship with. I I struggle with that. It's just something that I'm overcoming myself. And I had had a conversation, and I. I tried so hard to talk myself out of having the conversation that needed to happen. It was actually with someone who um, I've had very deep feelings for for a very, very, very long time. And we've just never been on the same page. And, you know, I'm, I made up all these crazy stories in my head trying to get me out of having to have this conversation, you know, like, oh, he probably knows how I feel or, oh, it'll never work or just, you know, all the stories that we tell ourselves. and. I, through excessive coaching with Dr. Susan. <laughs> it was just a couple of sentences, y'all. It wasn't excessive. <laughs> it was. It was It was so helpful. I'm like texting her late at night like, are you sure I can do this? <laughs> She's like. It's good to have a coach on speed dial. I have one too is. sitting next to me. Yeah. We're each other's coaches. We even each other out. But, um, you know, you walked me through the worst case scenario and um, – I will say I ended up having a conversation that much needed to be had years of pent up emotions that I finally were able to break through and understand myself. And once I was able to, to do that with just my own truth and living with my, my truth, I needed to share it. And, um, long story short, I put my heart out on my sleeve, presented it and it didn't go the way I thought. <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily the worst case scenario, but it it was not my ideal version that I had in that present version of myself when I was sharing my feelings with this person. And one of my phrases is expect good things and they will happen. And I tried so hard to live by that after this situation. You know, I, I'm basically got shot down the, probably the first time I've actually felt my, or shared my, my truth and my feelings with someone in a very long time and basically got shut down. And I walked away and, and I, I stuck by my truth. This is what I want. This is how I feel. And I was confident about what I wanted. Not, I didn't put it on the other person. I had peace with myself and I walked yeah. away and, and I was sad, you know, for a couple of days and, but I was expecting good things always. And that doesn't mean I was going to get the outcome that I necessarily wanted my tunnel vision of, nope, this is what I want. This is the good thing. I actually walked away. I mean, yes, I was bummed, but I was so proud of myself for yeah. being able to share my feelings and and live my truth and being unapologetic about it. And that was the good thing that came from that situation that I wasn't necessarily hoping for, but I just walked away really proud and and I felt very confident after someone, you know, not telling me what I wanted 
them to tell me, you know? Yeah. And it, I mean, so I think for it's okay to like just part of me wants to pause for a minute and just, yeah, like to, to allow the feels of how painful that is in that moment. So we're not like all rainbows and unicorns. Mm-mm. So that's painful. And, and uh, it's not the end of the story. And in this example and in all these examples that we're talking about, then you're sort of free because you've told your truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once you've told your truth, whatever happens, then you're free. And and that, because I know in my experience, when I'm living in a relationship or a situation when I'm not fully expressing my truth, there's resentment that's growing and it's just getting sticky and there's an elephant in the room. That's such a stuck, not free mm-hmm. kind of place to be. Mm-hmm. And and then we talk about limiting beliefs all the time. It's so limiting because you know, in as much as we're not telling our truth, we're we're not being understood by the other person. We're not, if we're talking about a primary intimate relationship, we're not being seen by them fully because we're not showing ourselves. And and in that respect, we're not able to show up in full presence. And then the whole thing is just a big snowball of everything joins together. And this is what I talked about in the Sexually Woke book. Like if you could nail it down to just one word, that whole book was just about presence. Like, And mm-hmm. we can't be present in any situation, especially in a relationship with another person, if we're not showing up in our full authenticity. And that means telling our truth. So go you, Meg, for telling your truth. And then whatever happens is workable. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think back to let's say I had gotten the answer that I wanted, you know, someone um, shared the same feelings and we both wanted to be on the same page. Would I have found false confidence in that? Probably because I got what I wanted, but really is that, do I need affirmation from somebody who's external from my own authentic self to give me that validation to make me feel confident? No, I ended up feeling more confident when I was I mean, I'm still, you know, it was just, just me and being shot down and knowing, oh my gosh, I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what that hardship and that growth, the challenge is what makes you more confident. Yeah. And and so, yeah, again, I I have this feeling of not wanting to jump over the ouch Mm -hmm. and just give that a moment of recognition. Cause again, we're not saying this is easy and that it's Mm-mm. not messy because it is messy and it is going to hurt. And then when everything's broken down and it builds back together again, you've learned something about yourself that you can do this. And and I'm doing this stuff too. I'm working with a relationship that I'm not sure which direction it's going to go and having to remind myself not once a day, probably 10 times a day that Whatever happens with this relationship, I am going to be okay. And even more than that, this is another leap, that I don't have a preference. And this is a new one. Megan, I haven't even mm. talked about this yet. This is an idea I'm working I'm like, on. Oh, this is good. Talk more about that. <laughs> that. That I not only am going to be okay, however it turns out, but I'm not attached to any particular outcome. Mm-hmm. Because if I get attached to a particular outcome, then then I'm not free. Um, and I'm not there yet, I'll tell you, because I am kind of attached to a particular outcome, but I'm mm-hmm. trying, to, I'm really working with this idea that we cannot be free if we're attached to a particular outcome and just allowing it to happen. And in the context of being absolutely committed to telling my truth, 
which could change daily. It's not like it has a capital T. I mean, I can tell my truth today and tomorrow it might be slightly different. But in, in this moment, if I'm feeling something or I want something that I'm going to, in a kind way, you know, telling the truth doesn't give you license to be an asshole or hurt people's feelings. So truth has to have lots of elements. And one of them is it has to be timely and kind. It's not always the right time to say something. Mm-hmm. But that being said, telling the truth, um, then however it turns out is the way it should turn out, right? So mm-hmm. peace with outcomes. That's right. You know, because otherwise we're going, we were talking about this last time. Otherwise we're forcing things, right? We're mm-hmm. trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Um, and that is not peaceful because mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, think about peace. It is not peaceful trying to jab us, you know, jam a square peg in a round hole. That's just by definition, hard work that's never going to succeed. That's the opposite of peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think too, you can love deeply without being attached to something, you know, you can experience all of those feelings of joy and still not be attached. I think we find security, maybe a little bit of false security in attachment because again, it's another form of comfort, but just trusting yourself and trusting that you are going to change over time. You know, again, if I were to look back to the version of myself that was crying in my driveway, not able to pull into the garage yet, would I ever see myself fast forwarded four years later doing the things that I'm doing now? No, I have changed so much, but that was also a result of being confident of I'm going to be okay no matter what. Mm -hmm. Or otherwise nothing changes. And if nothing changes, then nothing changes. (laughs) Yeah. And then you're stuck. And I said this last time, and I'm just guessing that some people listening are thinking this because people have told me this before. Yeah. Okay. Well, I get that you can do that because you're Meg Ellis and you can do that because you're Dr. Susan, but I can't do that. I'm just a regular person. And we are so regular people. I'm just telling you. So regular. I mean, the same feelings, struggles, fears, all of the things. And this isn't something reserved for people that have got a coaching certification or any mm-hmm. other kind of thing. We're, we're just talking about what every single human shares. And I, there's not a human that's ever lived who didn't have some kind of psychiatric personality disorder. You know, like sociopaths maybe don't have, t- are not in touch with this. But other than that, we all have these fears. And so Fears of telling the truth, what, what's going to happen, I'm not going to be okay, um, change, all of the things that we've talked about. And then I want to maybe just go a little bit deeper into the relationship thing because, I, you know, I talk about sex all the time and it's a sexually woke podcast. How often this fear shows up in sexual relationships. I was going to say in the bedroom, but when I said that to Meg, she was like, or oh, the kitchen or the bed. <laughs> I think I said on the patio, but yeah, we're not going to go there. <laughs> okay. So in the bedroom in quotation marks, but let's just say when we're talking about the, the one of the most vulnerable things we can do, right? We're getting naked with another human being. The and most vulnerable you could be. So how do we approach sex or when I talk about sex, I'm just talking about intimate physical connection because it's got all kinds of flavors, you know, whatever your sexual preferences are. I'm not just talking about 
vaginal intercourse. We're talking about any kind of intimate physical connection, which is such a point of fear and confusion and not enoughness and unworthiness for women and men, by the way. So how does it show up for you and your clients, like, as far as intimacy goes? Well, I think a lot of people are are strapped by insecurities. And we get in our own head about it. And again, we make up our own stories. And I'm including myself into this as well, because I was something I struggle with overcoming as well. But we somehow think we're the only ones with insecurities. And I do think it's because we live in a culture of comparison. You know, hop on online on Instagram or watch the news or TV shows or whatever it is. And people's highlight reels are in our face all day long. And, and we, oh, I love that you said that. I remembered that she said, oh, yeah. if you didn't hear it last time, she said, you're comparing their highlight reels to your behind the scenes B-roll or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Which is that so resonated with me because that's exactly what we're doing. They, yes. We don't Ugh. see all mm-hmm. the shit in their life. We well, see the we touched see, up. Yeah, we see Photoshop. And Photoshop I will say part. there's a couple influencers that I follow and um, I'm absolutely loving this. There's a movement. It seems that influencers are, you know, they'll pose and do the Photoshop pictures, but then they'll show their real bodies just to show, hey, what you see is not real. Um what you see is not real. What you feel is real. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. What you feel is real. You feel insecure, but what is it based on? And it's in our face all day long. But if you can even just, nothing has to change about whatever you're insecure about. But if you can just even just say it to yourself, I'm not the only one who's insecure. And 99.9% of the times, especially in a sexually intimate scenario, you are not the only insecure person. The other person is getting just as naked as you. That's right. <laughs> Most of the time, anyhow. But um, nobody, even these, you know, big, strong men who we've, you know, grown up to believe that they're they're strong and they're confident and they don't, you know, feel hurt or insecure, they're just as, if not more, as insecure in that situation too. And understanding that your partner, whoever you are with, is also human, I think that just takes a lot of pressure off of yourself. You know, you are experiencing that intimate situation with another human who has the same emotions, the same insecurities that you have. Yeah. Wouldn't that be cool if we could just talk about that more? <laughs> like if you could just be naked with your partner and just have that conversation, just get the elephant out of the room, mm-hmm. you know, and I've practiced doing this a little bit because I, you know, I did that big study that led to my book and really saw how some women had been able to get through this. And none of the women who were in that sexually woke group, by the way, had found this easy or were bulletproof or any of the things that, that, that you might think. Um, but some of them did do things like have that conversation, just say, you know, if I'm getting naked with someone, especially if it's a new relationship, say, or even if you've been married for 30 years mm-hmm. and you, you, you're things change in like things just to say, like, can, can we talk about what's going on here? I feel really insecure about my body right now. You know why I don't like sitting on top when we're mm-hmm. having sex? Cause I think my stomach looks weird. And my nipples point different directions. And I, I, I'm scared to have the lights on mm-hmm. because 
I don't feel like I look like I used to. If we could have that conversation, 99% of the time, other person would probably just be like, oh my God, like that is so far from what I was right. thinking. Right. I was thinking my penis was too small mm-hmm. and that you didn't like my receding right. hairline. When or that- you, yeah, when you <laughs> don't talk about that stuff because of our human nature, if you're not communicating that, the other person will automatically think it's something wrong with them. That's right. just the way we've been trained. And actually, mm-hmm. I was listening to an audiobook today. It's um, something from Stephen Pressfield. It's not um, The War of Art. It's his second one, like Going Pro or something like that. He was talking about this scenario where somebody in Japan had invented this robot that could recognize themselves in the mirror, could recognize their reflection. And I think it was John Stewart who said, yeah, well, if that robot learns to hate everything that he sees in the mirror, then he's um, reached full human status. (laughs) It's like, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, we like literally, why can't we just be obsessed about the things that we like about ourselves you know yeah it's well like we were talking about this last time we're just making up stories Mm -hmm. so if we understand their stories why don't we make up some better ones right right um (laughs) there's there's some common things that listeners might resonate with that i know that women are afraid to talk about in intimate relationships because i hear about them all day because this is what i talk about with patients and i have them too and the more common ones are to do with our body image like we don't look like we think we should. So we don't want to have the lights on. Another one is we don't think we smell or taste good. So many women are afraid of oral sex because they they have this fear that there's an odor or an unpleasant smell, something like that. I'm going to just say these things out loud so that you can feel normal because these are things I hear all day. That my vagina is too loose. That's a really common one, not only for women who've had children, but especially for women, women who've had children. And it shows up a lot in um, my age group, makes a little bit younger, but because many men in the 50 plus age group have erectile dysfunction. So if you're in a relationship with a guy who's not able to keep an erection, what's the first thing you're going to think? It's me. Something's wrong with me. My vagina's too loose. He Mm -hmm. doesn't think I'm sexy anymore. My body's not as pretty. He's going to want a younger Mm -hmm. woman. Mine's just going down this rabbit hole. You know what he's thinking? He's thinking, oh my God. She's going to think something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I can't keep an erection. I'm not a man anymore. Something's wrong with me. So these whole two different stories are happening in the same bed. Separately, but silently. And no one's saying anything. Mm -hmm. So um, It's sad when you you put it like that. It's so sad. It happens every day. So in... You know, this is something that I deal with all the time because it's more common in the sort of 45 to 60 age group that once we can have that conversation, it's such, I mean, I've seen it so many times. It's like, oh, really? That's what you were thinking? Right. Oh, my God, I wasn't thinking that it's at all. Freeing. In fact, I was thinking the opposite. It's because you're living your authentic truth and it's freeing when so you freeing. do that. But right. you worry about the immediate outcome of mm-hmm. rejection. Right. You know, and, and again, it's based off of the million stories that you've told in your head by now. But even if you don't get the outcome that you want, even just by voicing it and living your authentic truth, there is a freeing aspect about that that you just won't get if you keep it bottled up because you're scared. Yeah, for sure. And I I really throw out that challenge and I throw it to myself every day too, that when I see that pattern starting to happen, so maybe it's, since we're talking about in this sexual relationship, so maybe I'm in the 
I'm in the middle of the sexual encounter and I can hear that voice starting to happen. Like, oh my gosh, do I look funny or is, is my vagina too wet or too dry or too big or too small or something wrong with me? Some version of mm-hmm. something's wrong with me. Just to stop. And it, not that I'm not going to have those thoughts, but to, I don't have to listen to it anymore just to realize mm-hmm. it's not true. This is part of being human, that this is what human mind does. Human mind is doing what mind does and not to attach to it. And maybe I could even speak it out loud and just say, you know, honey, I was, I'm just having this thought and I know it sounds silly, but I just want to say it I need out to loud. even just hear it myself. Right. And I, it, you know, I, I can't say it'll never fail. I would just tell you that if you speak your truth and like what Mike was saying, I would, I would do the worst case scenario thing. If you speak your truth with kindness and timeliness and all of those things to somebody and it's not received well, that is great because you've freed yourself mm-hmm. to be able to be available to someone else who does want to hear your truth. Right. Not, not everybody is for you and... I mean, this is also coming from someone who is divorced. I I knew I was not with the right person for a very long time. And that's a whole other podcast (laughs) story. But, you know, I know that one. Yeah. Um, But not everybody is for you. And I'm I I so believe in this. It's so woo woo. But what's for you will find you and what's for you will never leave you. And, or maybe it was meant for you for just that time. And then something has changed. You've changed, you've evolved, you've grown. But, and that goes back to the whole piece of time, piece of self. Hey, who I, who I am is not who I was. And just knowing that in your confidence, in your growth, not everybody can come. You know, there's going to be people who really are just meant for seasons and meant for lessons. But if you have confidence in yourself and you trust that, then you can live your truth. You can move forward with confidence in self and peace because confidence is about peace. Yeah. I can't even say anything to expound on that because that was so good. Can you? Just say that again, because you said this this morning, actually. So Meg actually said this while she was teaching a soul cycle class. I don't know how she can do all these things at the same time. But you said this morning. I'm an Enneagram 7. <laughs> yeah. Enneagram 7s can think of 10 things at the same yeah, time. Right. I, I'm an 8. I can just really focus on one. But I have a 7 wing. But, okay, can you, can you say that again, what you just said about um, what is for you will find you what is for you will will find you you. and yeah and we get we get stuck on this idea that and then that goes back to forcing things and Mm -hmm. we I I think in class this morning I explained it as you know you have your hand grasped so hard around what you know even if it's not for you if life if something in your life feels really hard then there's probably a reason for that because life doesn't have to be hard right we we've again, been trained to think that everything has to be a struggle and it does not, but you, you can't grasp onto the life that is for you. If you are unable or unwilling, I guess is a better word to let go of what is not for you. 
And Mm -hmm. only once you let go of what is not for you, you know, I release what is no longer for me. That's been my mantra all week. Um, Only then can you actually reach out and, and grasp the life that is actually for you. And as you do that, not everything, not everybody is going to come with you. And that's okay. And that's, that goes into peace with letting things go, which is probably the hardest one. <laughs> yeah. And it is. And I love that. It's so, it's so true and so relevant that, uh, you know, nothing is permanent. Uh, this is, a, I'm just going to say that with a period after it. It's mm-hmm. not my opinion. It's just a fact. And that's a fact of science and nature and everything. Nothing is permanent. And so the idea that things will last throughout our whole lifetime is certainly not always true. And some things are for us only for a season, like Meg said. And it's okay to let them go. And it's okay to let them go and grieve for a little while and be sad. But not everything is forever. Not marriage. And and maybe some people's are, but mine wasn't. Um, Not my beliefs about my career. Not my thoughts about anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, every single thing has changed because... And it should, because we are humans. We Thank God we want to grow, right? Yes. If if we stayed the same, I would still be like I was when I was 20 and what a hot mess that was. I mean, I will say this, and this goes back to, um, you know, um, I I can't do this. I'm I'm just a regular person. I'm not like, you know, Meg or Dr. Susan, but... I, I, I mean, I think I, when I got married, I was a 27-year-old dental hygienist from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I had never lived anywhere else. I had no aspirations to do anything else. And here I am, you know, completely different life. But that has been the result of change after change. Some things I picked and some things were picked for me, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Some things I probably held on to a lot longer than I should have. And some things maybe I let go of too soon. But it, it's all part of the lesson. And if you have this underlying message of I'm going to be okay no matter what, then you can take on all of those things confidently. Yeah. And just a challenge because I know we're reaching the end of Meg's time. I would just challenge you, like, and challenging myself. If you can do one thing, to me anyway, if you, and people sometimes ask, you know, I don't have time to do coaching and all this difficult stuff because I'm so busy. Well, tell me, just just give me one thing I could do. And that would be to commit to tell the truth, like your truth, not the capital T truth, not, not saying you're right, this mm-hmm. is just your opinion, but to tell your truth in a kind way, in a timely way, you know, all of the you know, don't get to be an asshole just because you're telling the truth, but try telling the truth and see what happens and it will set you free. And mm-hmm. I bet you lunch and anything else you want that whatever happens is not the end of the story. If you, t- if I tell my truth, then everything is workable mm-hmm. because I'm living in authenticity. And I do totally believe what Meg said, that what is for you will find you. And it can't find you if you don't tell your truth mm-hmm. because you're not showing up as your authentic self. And then the other person is How would it find you if you're unrecognizable? You. Right. Like you can't be intimate if you don't know who's here. And I say that a lot. So first you got to know yourself. You got to mm-hmm. tell your truth. And we can't expect our best friend, our lover, or anyone else in our realm of the world, our energy field, to be able to relate to us intimately if we're not showing up. 
Like if we're in as much as we're hiding ourselves, how can we expect them to know us intimately? And we all want to be known intimately. So that's my challenge to try, just give it a a weekly challenge to tell the Mm -hmm. truth for a week and see what happens. I love that. Some people won't like it. I'm just warning you. It's going to be hard, but most things that are, you know, it's it's going to be worth it. <laughs> That's right. And if you're in the bedroom, kitchen, patio, whatever, back set, <laughs> just all these stuff, all the stuff, all the stuff that we're insecure about, it's not your insecurity. It is not personal. It's the insecurity of being human. And right. speak it out loud so that your partner can hear you model it. Mm-hmm. Be the one to go first if they're not going to. And he, oh, that that exudes so much confidence. Yeah, to go first. Ooh, yeah. that's good. And you can say it and say, "Honey, I'm so scared to say this, but I really just want to tell my truth. I'm worried about whatever it is. I don't, you know, I'd love to have sex with the lights on, but I, you know, I don't think I look good. I'm worried that my whatever, whatever it is you're worried about. I promise, millions of other people are worried about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I bet your partner if you're in an intimate relationship, will, if they're worth staying in your sphere of the world, respond to that in a positive way. And I, chances are they're worried about something totally different that's all about them. Right, right. Exactly. And then, and then you can just have sex with the lights on and he can have his ED and you can have your looser vagina than it used to be and your belly can flop out and everyone can be happy. Right. And it's okay. Because at the end of the day, it's not about being perfect anyway. Of course not. No. There is no such thing. No. Well, I love that. So now we've learned so many things from Meg. And the last (laughs) one was how to have unconditional confidence and believe that everything is workable. And so Meg, remind us where we can find you because, you know, you can have this conversation one-on-one with Meg if you want to. Yes. No, I I would love to. um, I would love to. To speak with your listeners, even on a one-on-one basis, um, my website is just phoenix8, the number eight, consulting.com. And my Instagram is let's create your fate. Mm, Love it. So if you're ready for transformation, go do that. And if you're not ready for transformation, go do that anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it finds you, (laughs) not the other way around. So. Oh, I'm so glad you could join us. I know. Again, I'm Meg. so glad to be back. I Thank you for having me. Officially a regular guest. I now know. Because, I love it. <laughs> um, because you've just got such great things to say. I know. So I love our chats. We will be talking to you again soon, I'm sure. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.